The Lord Jesus had 12 original disciples, but those men were just the first of many more followers of Christ. They are an example for us to learn from and a reminder that God works in ordinary people. Are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Let's study the 12 with Scott Pauley today and find truth that will help us all to follow more closely to Christ. Have you ever noticed that God seems to do his deepest work in us in the crisis hours of life? I mean, honestly, it's in the hard circumstances that God does the hard work. We've been studying in the Gospel according to Mark about our Lord's dealings with this inner circle, Peter, James, and John. We were first introduced to them in Mark chapter number 3. But you remember in each of these chapters, the Lord has been working. And did you observe that in each chapter, it was like a crisis moment? In Mark 5, it was the death of a young lady. In Mark 9, it was that moment on the mountain where Elijah and Moses show up. They'd never seen anything like that before. In Mark chapter 14, it was at the depths of despair and spiritual warfare in the Garden of Gethsemane. It is the crisis hours where God is bringing us near to himself and he's teaching us something. Cleland McAfee had two infant nieces die of diphtheria in 1903, and the town where they lived was just devastated. And out of that crisis, he wrote, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. He taught it to the choir, and they went on a Saturday night and stood outside the darkened quarantine home where those girls had died and sang that to that hurting family. It's the crisis hours where God brings us near. On September 6, 1901, President McKinley was shot, and uh, they carried him to his deathbed. And they said that around that deathbed, they sang the words of, Nearer, my God, to thee, nearer to thee. February 1862, a dying drummer boy lost his arm from cannon fire at the Battle of Fort Donaldson. They said the last words he whispered were those words, Nearer, my God, to thee. I'm told that Wallace Hartley, the lead violinist on board the Titanic on that fateful night, though he had a songbook with 352 songs, he told someone before the trip this was his favorite hymn. And according to tradition, at some point, they stopped playing all their festive tunes and they played that hymn, Nearer My God to Thee. I say again, it's the great crisis hours in life where God really brings you close, where he brings you near. That's what the Lord has been doing in these disciples. And I just want to pause before we go any further in our study of the 12 to ask you, is God doing that in you right now? God always has an inner circle. How close are you? How close are you today? Because those nearest his heart capture his purpose, and they lead the way for others. He works in us, and then he works through us. They're, they're the core of a church. They're not just workers, but they're spiritual men and women. They pray. They're growing in their faith. It's really not about your proximity to the pastor. It's about your closeness to Christ. So let me give just a handful of observations from our study through the gospel according to Mark. In Mark chapter 3, we were first introduced to them. You'll remember that 
the Lord changed all three of their names, Peter, James, and John. He surnamed each one of them. So here's the first little lesson. If you want the Lord to to help you in the crisis hour and you want the Lord to make you what he wants you to be and use you, then number one, let the Lord change you. Then in Mark chapter 5, we read how they went to Jairus' house with the Lord Jesus. And what did they do? They just stood in the corner. Uh, number two, not only let the Lord change you, but learn that you're incapable, but he's able. Learn that you're nothing and you have nothing to give him, but he has everything and so much he wants to teach you. Then in Mark chapter 9, go with them up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, what do we discover there? There we learn to listen Christ alone. Do you remember? They were so enamored with Moses and Elijah showing up, and the father said, no, no, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Remove all the distractions and all the secondary voices and get in tune with God. And then finally, we found our place to Mark chapter 14 in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the place of prayer. What do we learn here? Here we learn to live in the Spirit. Do you hear the great lessons in Mark, the lessons of the inner circle? Let the Lord change you. Learn that you're nothing without him. Listen to what he has to say, and then live in a spirit of prayer. May I read the words to you again of the Lord Jesus to this inner circle? And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, Mark 14, verse 37, and saith unto Peter. Now remember, they're all sleeping, but he singles out one. Don't you love how God gets personal? Is God speaking to you today, dear friend? He saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? You see, he uses his old name. He's reminding him of the battle with flesh. He's reminding him of the battle with the old man. Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. This is where the Lord is bringing every real disciple. Now look, you'd like to think you could learn all these lessons in the Garden of Eden. Wouldn't you love to learn the lessons in the Garden of Eden? But sometimes the Lord has to bring you to the Garden of Gethsemane. And don't you love this? Christ understands us. He knows us. Look, friend, he knows you better than you know you and certainly better than anybody else knows you. He knows your frame. He remembers your dust. He knows your weakness. And I love this. He deals in present realities, not things as you wish they were or hope them to be someday, but he meets you right where you are. He knows the reality of the new nature, the spirit is ready. He knows the reality of the old nature, the flesh is weak. He knows the reality of sin, lest ye enter into temptation. He knows the reality of the daily Christian life, watch and pray. That's the discipline that makes the difference. He's dealing right now with you right as you are in present realities. He was teaching these disciples, don't miss this, not just how to get close to Christ, but how to stay close to Christ. Let that sink in for just a moment, because in Mark 14, he's about to leave them. He's going to the cross. Shortly thereafter, he's ascending back to the Father, but he's showing them the way that they can stay close to his heart. Friend, the only way you can not only draw near to God and then stay close to God is by learning truly to pray. We think of these disciples as men who knew how to preach, they knew how to teach. They knew how to perform miracles. They knew how to work and get it done. But I would tell you, ultimately, the disciple must learn how to pray because everything else grows and flows out of that. John Rice used to say that all of our failures are prayer failures. 
And I don't know about you, my great struggle is not just getting right, it's staying right. How do you get right with God? Do you need to get right with God today? Let me tell you how to do it. Humble yourself and come to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, you're right and I'm wrong. Forgive me. And if you call on the Lord with that sincere prayer, God will hear and answer your prayer and make you right with him in a moment of time. Isn't it wonderful? What mercy. But now let me say, would you like to stay right with God? Well, you stay right with the Lord the same way you get right with the Lord, and that is through prayer. Gethsemane doesn't last. Even the pressure in Gethsemane doesn't last forever. But let me tell you what must last, our prayer life. Our daily walk with Jesus. Do you see how we've come full circle back to where we started? In Mark chapter 3, what did the Lord want? He just wanted them to be with him. That's what he wanted in the end. That's what he wants for you and I today. That's what he's always wanted, and it's what we always need, is simply to spend time with him. Would you find a quiet place of prayer today, your own prayer closet, your own Gethsemane, and would you spend time just talking with him? Thank you for joining us today as we looked into God's Word. It is our prayer that you will follow Christ and lead others to Him. Our world is desperate for truth and hope. Scott Pauley has written a new booklet on the need of our nation that addresses what believers can and should be doing at this time. Order your copy now at enjoyingthejourney.org. We'd love to hear from you and look forward to studying with you again next time on Enjoying the Journey.